Shanta is invited to come back to our breathing so that our collective energy of mindfulness will bring us back together as an organism, going as a river with no more separation. Let the whole Sangha breathe as one body, chant as one body, listen as one body, and transcend the boundaries of a delusive self, liberating from the superiority complex, the inferiority complex, and the equality complex.
Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, June the 6th, 2012, and I'm in the still water meditation hall, Upper Hamlet, Plum Village. Today is the sixth day of the 21-day retreat. The kind of Buddhism we practice here, we learn here, is called uh, Applied Buddhism. It's not uh, philosophy, it's not theory, it's not the kind of Buddhism you learn from uh, the university or even in uh, Buddhist institute. So everything we learn, uh, we should try to apply right away into our daily life. When you go to, from your tent to the meditation hall, you apply what you have learned. So that every step you make can bring you peace, calm, joy, happiness, healing, nourishment. So you don't need to arrive at the meditation hall to practice. You practice right away when you hear the sound of the bell announcing Dhamma talk announcing sitting meditation. When you hear the bell, we go home to ourselves, to ourselves with um, mindful breathing. And we know what to do. Uh, we have to stop everything and start uh, walking to the meditation home. We walk in such a way that uh, allow peace and happiness to be there. We don't need to arrive at the meditation hall in order to be happy. We have to handle three things. The first thing is our breath. The second thing is our body. And the third thing is our, our mind. And handling these three elements of ourselves, we are there for ourselves. You are with yourself. You are not lost in your thinking. You are not lost in the environment that carry you away. You are there for yourself. And if you are, can be there for yourself, you can be there for us, for the world, for life. It's very simple. So a good practitioner knows how to handle breath, body, and mind. And when you walk from your tent or your cabin to the meditation hall, we look at you, we know that you are a good practitioner. You radiate peace, you radiate happiness and calm. And you are a model for all of us. When we see you walking like that, we come back to ourselves and we walk the same way. We want to walk the same way you do. And by walking like that, you contribute to the collective, to the making of the collective energy of mindfulness and peace that will nourish us all and transform us all. So in uh, in a retreat like this, we give and we receive. We give everyone uh, our practice. We offer uh, the energy of uh, mindfulness, concentration, peace, and happiness, and also we receive. And the quality of the retreat must be based on that practice. 
Suppose um, you you uh, from your tent to the meditation hall, um, you make uh, 300 steps, or two, 200 steps. And each step should have its own value. Each step should uh, provide you with uh, mindfulness, concentration, joy. And nourishment and healing become possible with every step. When you sit down, when you are about to sit down, you know that you are about to sit down. And you practice breathing in and out. Maybe with uh, the verse you have learned, sitting down here is like sitting at the foot of Bodhi tree in order to become a Buddha. My body erect and my mindfulness uh, perfect. And in that mindfulness of sitting, you sit down. You are a Buddha. You are a continuation of the Buddha. And that is possible. If you sit down with mindfulness and concentration, you are a good continuation of the Buddha. And all of us will profit from your being, for presence. Because in every one of us, there is a seat of mindfulness, concentration, and peace. And practicing mindful breathing and walking and sitting, we allow the seat, these seats to become energy that nourish and transform us. And in that way, the, the Dharma become alive. The Dharma is the living Dharma. Because you walk like that, you sit like that, you breathe like that, Dharma is a living Dharma. It's not a spoken Dharma. It's not a written Dharma. It's not a recorded Dhamma. It is a life, a life, living Dharma. And this world is, uh, is in need of that uh, living Dharma. You give a Dharma talk just by walking or by sitting. You don't need any word. So to be a continuation of the Buddha is possible, even today, in, even in this, mo- uh, this moment. And when you sit down, you might like to sit for the Buddha. Dear Buddha, uh, I invite you to sit with me. Please good, make good use of my back. My back is still good enough. And I know that when you sit, that you make my back upright and relax. And when you breathe, well, your quality of breathing is very good. So that is why I invite you to use my, my lungs to breathe and my back to sit. Because uh, you are very close to the Buddha, closer than you think. The Buddha is not something outside of you. Inside of you there is a seat of mindfulness and peace and enlightenment. And we give them a chance to manifest as energy with the practice. So when you invite the Buddha in you, 
to sit. He will sit beautifully. And he responded. He responded to your inv- uh, invitation right away. The Buddha in you is very, is very kind. If you invite him to breathe and to sit for you, he will do that right away. And you just enjoy his sitting and his breathing. You don't have to do anything. The Buddha is doing everything for you. Have trust in the Buddha within. The Buddha is something very real, very concrete, not a mental construction. When mindfulness and concentration is there as energy, when peace and joy is there, the Buddha is there. With you, for you. You might like to invite your father to sit with you and to breathe with you. Dear father, This is my lungs, but that's also yours. I know that all your cells are in me. Our Father is fully present in every cell of our body. And that is why when we invite our, our Father to sit with us, he will, he will do that. And with your invitation, He will, he will do it. I know that this is my lungs, but it's also yours. So make good use of my lungs in order to, to enjoy breathing in and breathing out. I know that this uh, back is mine, but it is also your back. So sit uh, upright with uh, this back, and we shall enjoy breathing in together. Breathing in. I invite my father to breathe in with me. Father and son, enjoy breathing in. You can practice like that. Breathing out, I invite my mom to enjoy breathing out with me. Breathing out, mother and daughter, Enjoy breathing out together. So your mother will be very real. And you are breathing in and out with your mother. Your mother in you is not a mental construction. She is real. She, her, she has uh, transmitted herself to you. And every cell of your body, your mother is there. If you sit beautifully and you smile happily, your mother in every self you also smile beautifully. And this is a miracle that you can perform right in here and now. You have encountered the Buddha Dharma. It means that our parents have encountered the Buddha Dharma. You have encountered the Buddha Dharma. You know the practice. That is why all our ancestors encountered the Buddha Dharma. And you can invite all your ancestors to enjoy breathing in and breathing out with you. You are not an isolated being. You have no separate self. 
you are made of ancestors. And when you breathe out uh, relaxingly, all your ancestors in you breathe, in, uh, breathe out relaxingly. We have to see that. That is only insight. There is no separate self. We are, we are a current. We are a stream. We are a continuation. We are a continuum. And that we have to see. We have learned that uh, the self is made only of non-self elements. And when the self breathes in, all non-self elements are breathing in. And we have uh, blood ancestors in us. We have uh, spiritual ancestors in us. So you may like to invite um, Abraham, Moses, to breathe with you. Or you may invite um, uh, Jesus Christ or Mohammed to breathe in with you and enjoy breathing. Because they are our spiritual ancestors. They are also in every cell of us. So when I invite Buddha Shakyamuni to breathe with me, I know that he is there very concretely, and he is enjoying breathing in and breathing out with me. So in, in your body, each cell contains all your blood ancestors. Each cell contains all spiritual ancestors. That is the truth. If you remove your ancestors out of you, there is no you left. And yesterday, the day before yesterday, we learned, we are reminded that not only we have human ancestors, but we also have animal ancestors, vegetal ancestors, and mineral ancestors. These ancestors do not belong to the past. They also belong to the present. They are all in us. And that is why when we breathe in, all of them breathe in. And if we enjoy breathing in, all of them enjoy breathing in. That is the fact. This is not philosophy. And you can get that inside just by breathing in. And then we have uh, spiritual, spiritual ancestors. <coughs> we have received the teaching <coughs> and the practice from them. And that is why they, they are now in every cell of your body. <coughs> you remember when you were small, there were times when you, you had a fever and you suffer as a, a three-year-old boy or girl. You were miserable. And then your mother came and put her hand on your forehead. You, feel, you felt wonderful. She, has, she had not done anything yet. Just putting her hand on your forehead, burning forehead. And you feel the nectar of love, the nectar of compassion, Begin, beginning to penetrate in you. You feel much better with your presence, with the presence of your mother. 
if you go far away, you don't have the chance to see your mother, or if your mother is no longer in her usual form. You have to look deeply and to see that your mother is always with you. And you carry your mother always in every cell of your body. And as uh, a 30-year-old uh, boy, uh, uh, young man, or a 30-year-old uh, young lady, if you, if you got a fever, you might regret that your mother isn't there to put her hand on your forehead. <coughs> but her hand is there. Her hand is in your hand. Just breathing in deeply and recognize that uh, in every cell of your hand there is the presence of your mother. And with that kind of insight, you bring it up and you put it in your forehead. And there, the hand of your mother is touching you. That is possible at any time. I know a young man who left Vietnam to go to America to study. His, uh, his mother was very poor. She could not afford uh, to pay his education in Vietnam. So he tried to go to uh, as a worker on a boat to come to America and look for some education. Night before he left, the mother said, his mother was an illiterate person. She did not know how to read. And yet she said, son, when you will be over there, you will miss me. And every time you miss me, you raise, you bring up your, your hand and you look, and I am English. She's an illiterate person, but she has the wisdom of no self. She can see herself in her son. So during the many years in America, from time to time, he practiced that. Bringing up his hand and look at his hand and know that his mother is with him. So every time you put your hand on your forehead, your mother is putting her hand on your forehead. And that is not theory. That is a fact. Because your mother continues in you. So the same thing is true with our spiritual ancestors. Buddha, Jesus, Moses, Moses, Abraham, they are in your, in, in yourselves. And if you want the hand of Buddha touching your forehead, you can do it. Just breathe in and get inside that the Buddha is in you, in every cell. And when you touch, that is the hand of the Buddha. And when I do that, it's very real. I don't go, need to go to a temple in order to see the Buddha. The Buddha is available in the here and the now. You have Buddhahood, you have Buddha nature, 
and Buddha is uh, one of your spiritual ancestors. He is in you. She is in you. And you can profit from that presence. So mindfulness, concentration, and insight can be possible at every moment. The way you look is different because you are not using the mind of discrimination. You learn to see the mind of non-discrimination. And you see your ancestors in you. The other day we spoke about uh, the notion of um, time in Buddhism. And Thay said that uh, the past is still available. You might touch the past through the present, because the present contains the past. And you can even change the past. The wounds, the suffering of the past, lingering on, and you might touch them and transform. And we can transform the future also. We don't say that the future is not yet there. How can I transform and change the future? With that insight, non-discrimination, you can see the future in the present. You can see that your children and grandchildren are already there in you. Suppose you look at this lemon tree carefully. The lemon tree does not have yet a lemon blossom and lemon lemons. But looking, you see the presence of uh, lemon blossom and lemons already in the lemon tree. So when you look at a young man or a young woman, although that person has no children yet, but they are already in them, in him or in her. And if uh, you use drugs and you drink alcohol, you are doing harm to them right now, right here. So you are in touch with the future. You do not say that the future is not yet there. The future and the past are fully in the present. And you have uh, access to the past and and the future with uh, the energy of mindfulness and insight. And that is a training. It may, it may seem strange for other people, but for practitioners like us, uh, we have to train ourselves and to see things in that way. To see things in the light of interconnectedness, in the light of interbeing, in the light of emptiness, in the light of... Uh, um, of um, non-discrimination. The moment when you sit down, you begin to handle your breath. You don't need to wait for the bell and the chant, no. This morning we heard the chanting in Italian. You don't need to wait for the bell 
as soon as you sit down, you enjoy your breathing. You learn how to harmonize your breathing, harmonize, uh, handle, uh, take care of your breathing. Taking good care of your breath, you take care of your body and your mind. You have to handle your body. This is a body. This is the word for handling, harmonizing. You have to bring harmony to your body. You have to release tension in your body. That is one of the things you do when you practice sitting. Harmonizing the body. Harmonizing your breath. and harmonizing your mind. There are three elements that you have to take care in every practice. Body, breath, and mind. And you may like to begin with your breath. Breathing in, I know I'm breathing in. The first exercise. And in just two or three seconds, you bring your mind home to your body already and to your mind and you need only one or two seconds in order to bring three things together mind, breath and body you don't need more than two seconds in our daily life we are we are not uh, uh, mindful uh, uh, we are in dispersion. The three things are apart. Body, one place. Breath, ignore. And uh, mind, wandering. <laughs> so as soon as you pay attention to your breath, you breathe in, and then all the three things to come together in just one or two seconds. That is a miracle. You... You... Uh, Come back. You bring three elements together. You pull yourself together. You are three. Body, breath, and mind. You pull yourself together. And there you are, in the here and the now. And you take care. You take care of your body. You take care of your breath. And you take care of your mind. Your mind may be a feeling. Your mind may be a perception. Your mind may be a mental formation like anger and fear and less restlessness. 
So you go home, you bring three things home, and you take care. The word deal means to harmonize, to take care, to handle. Like when you cook to make a soup, you have to harmonize the soup. You should be sure that you put the right ingredients and with the quality uh, good, uh, pro- uh, the quality of every uh, of every uh, element, so that the soup will be a good soup. Seasoning. This also means to season, seasoning. Điều can means. Uh, And uh, we should not be too eager to uh, to control to control the three things. We should only be there for them. We allow them to be themselves, non-violence. If. Uh, when you go back to your to to your in breath to your breathing don't try right away to to make your in breath deeper don't force just become aware of your in breath if it is short allow it to be short if it is not peaceful allow it to be like that because uh, the presence of mindfulness will naturally improve the quality of your in-breath and out-breath. The energy of mindfulness which is present will bring improvement to everything. Just breathing in, you just pay attention to your in-breath. Don't try to force to work on your breath. Allow it to be the way it is. And you see that the quality of your breathing naturally increases with mindfulness. It becomes calmer, deeper, more harmonious by itself. Don't fight, don't coerce, don't force, don't fight with your breath. Simple recognition. La reconnaissance simple is the word. That's the work of mindfulness. And you just continue to breathe and to smile with, to your breath. And you will see that in a few minutes the quality of your breathing will increase naturally. Your breath will be calmer, more harmonious, deeper, and it will have an influence right away on your body and your mind. Contagious uh, peace, calm is contagious. If you produce some uh, peace, some calm here, some harmony here, it will penetrate into your body and into your mind. Even if, even if in your mind there is a f- feeling of restlessness, when there is uh, the energy of mindful breathing that energy of mindful breathing will encounter the energy, uh, your energy of restlessness. 
And in no time at all, you see a change. You see 10%, 20%, of the energy of restlessness will be transformed. And if you are a good practitioner, you have the habit to practice, in just one or two uh, in-breath or out-breath, your restlessness, restlessness will completely transform and you feel peace. And you have the confidence, you have faith in your practice. We have to apply what we learn right away. We know that uh, there are many mental formations, 51 mental forms, mental formations. Fear is one, anger is one, restlessness is one. Uh, Mindfulness is one, Uh, concentration is one, peace is one. But uh, when the mind is uh, restless, uh, angry, you allow it to be embraced with the energy of mindfulness. Don't try to change your restlessness. Don't try to push away your restlessness. Don't try to suppress your restlessness. Just allow it to be. Continue to breathe. Continue to generate the energy of mindfulness, recognizing the feeling of restlessness and embrace it tenderly. And then there will be change, uh, transformation taking place. That's the encounter between two kinds of energy. The energy of restlessness and the energy of mindfulness. In the energy of mindfulness, there is peace. There is a concentration. And if you are aware that you are restless, there is already a change. If you are angry, and if you are aware that you are angry, the change begins to, to happen right away. In the beginning, maybe five, ten percent, but uh, if you continue, there will be uh, a total change, and you have uh, the opposite, the the absence of uh, anger, and maybe there is the presence of loving kindness, uh, a piece of garbage becoming a flower, and that is possible with mindful breathing. So, first of all, we allowed our mindfulness to embrace our in-breath and out-breath, and they will, and that will enhance the quality of our in-breath and out-breath. And then we pay attention to our body to see whether we are sitting with the back of the Buddha or not. And if you invite uh, the Buddha to, to sit for you, and then he will, he will sit upright and not not uh, rigid upright and relaxed so to handle to harmonize you make this more peaceful more more harmonious and to to make your body uh, release the tension and become more peaceful 
And in, sit- meditation, in sitting meditation, you have to do that first. You may like to focus your attention on a theme, like no birth and no death and so on. But before you do that, you handle the three elements of yourself, body, breath, and mind. And sit in such a way that you find yourself sitting on a lotus flower and not a heap of burning charcoal. And in a Dharma discussion, you might like to share how you practice to bring peace and joy and transformation, how you handle your body, how to reduce the pain in your body, how you embrace your anger, your restlessness. And we will, we will learn from the way, because we are doing our way, but we can learn from your way. We may modify our way. And when, after we have shared our practice, our experience, we listen to the sharing of other brothers and sisters in the Dharma. We can learn from them. And that way, we advance together on the path of practice. And our practice uh, becomes more effective and pleasant. In the last few days, you have learned 16 exercises on mindful breathing. And we know that the the first four one is for us to handle our breath, our body. And And we handle our mind at the same time because uh, you cannot take mind out of breath and body. You cannot take uh, breath and body outside of mind. They inter-are. So we should remember this is the realm of body. And we should remember this is uh, the exercise on, on in and out. In, in breath, out breath to bring uh, mind back to body. This is to follow your breath all the way through. This is uh, to be aware of your body, and this is uh, to release the tension in your body. Mm. And the second set of four is to help us handle, harmonize our feelings, our feelings. So suffering and happiness are here. A feeling of joy you can generate using mindfulness, concentration, and insight. The practitioner, as you are, is an artist. You know how to make use of your body, your mind, and your breath 
You know how to use, uh, generate the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight to fabricate, to bring in, to generate a feeling of joy. You are an artist. The yogi is an artist. She knows how to bring in a feeling of joy. Just using mindfulness, concentration, and insight. The yogi is an artist. She knows how to generate a feeling of happiness. And the yogi is an artist. He knows how to handle a painful feeling. She does not feel she is a victim because she knows that she can do something. She can handle a painful feeling, whether that is restlessness or anger or fear or despair. Since she breathes in and she says, Hello there, my mental formation, your name is restlessness. I will take good care of you. And the moment when you recognize her, the mental formation, and smile to her with love and care, and embrace her with mindfulness, she begins to change. And that is a miracle of mindfulness. It's like the light. In the morning, the lotus flower uh, is still there, not blooming yet. But as the sun rises and sends light, the light will come and embrace the lotus flower or any kind of flower. And the the light is made of uh, energy, easy kind of energy. We can think of the light as photons. They do not just uh, travel around the flower, but they try to penetrate. So, so after one or two hours being embraced by the light, penetrated by the light, the flower opened herself. So that is the effect uh, of uh, the sun, sunlight. The same is true here. We have the energy of mindfulness generated by the practice of walking or sitting or breathing. And with that energy, we embrace the mental formation called restlessness or fear or anger. And continue to embrace that, like the light embracing a flower. And there will be something like a photosynthesis happening. When the two kind of energies encounter one embracing the other, there will be a change, a transformation. And as a practitioner, you, you notice, you remark, you see uh, that transformation taking place, and you, you get a relief. It's like a mother. She is in the kitchen, cooking something, cutting something, and she hears the cries of her baby. 
As you know that uh, cooking is less important than take care of the baby. So she put whatever she is holding and go to the baby's room and pick the baby up in her two arms. That is exactly what a yogi has to do every time a painful feeling arises. She has to stop everything. She has to go home and take care of her baby, which is anger or fear or restlessness. That's the most important. The mother does not know what is wrong with the baby yet. But the fact that she is is holding the baby in tenderness like that makes the baby baby suffer less right away. Because uh, the energy of tenderness begins to penetrate into the body of the baby. The same is true with your affliction, fear, anger, restlessness. That's your baby. It's not your enemy. We should not try to suppress. We should not try to fight, to cover it up. We should not throw our baby away. And we behave like that loving mother. We don't know what is wrong with the baby yet, but the first thing we do is to pick the baby up and hold like this. And if you are a real mother, it means uh, you have tenderness and care and compassion in you, the baby will feel. And the baby suffer less right away. So when the affliction, the painful feeling is there, and if you are there for that feeling, for your baby, and practicing breathing and walking and embracing your baby with compassion, there is a transformation. You suffer less. And, and transformation begins to take place. You get a relief. So a yogi, a practitioner, is someone who knows how to handle a painful feeling or a painful emotion. There are those who do, of us who do not know how to handle a strong emotion. And uh, including many young people. And many think that the only to end the suffering is to go and kill themselves. As so many young people committing suicide in, our, in these days. In South Korea, every day something like 45, 50 of them Young, young people killing themselves just because they don't know how to handle a strong emotion. But we as yogi, yogini, practitioner, we know how to handle a painful feeling. We know how to handle a painful emotion, a strong emotion. If we are a beginner in the practice, we may not have enough the energy of mindfulness and concentration to embrace our sorrow, our fear. And we have to go to a Sangha and to borrow from the collective energy of the Sangha to do the work. My dear Sangha, he is my pain, my sorrow, my despair. Please help embrace it with me. And your brothers and sisters in the Dharma will sit down with you and breathe in, in, breathe in out, and help embrace the, the pain, the sorrow, the fear, the despair in you, provided that you 
you allow yourself to be embraced. Allow yourself to be embraced and transported by the collective energy of the Sangha. You behave as a river and not a drop of water anymore. The drop of water allows herself to be embraced by the whole river and carried, transported by the whole river. And if she knows how to take refuge, to surrender, and then she feels right, right away, better right away. And that is what we call taking refuge in the Sangha. Taking refuge in the Sangha is not a statement of faith. It is a practice. You have to trust the Sangha. Because the Sangha uh, uh, carries the Buddha and the Dharma within. A true Sangha is a Sangha that has the capacity to generate uh, mindfulness, concentration, and insight and compassion. And if uh, mindfulness, concentration, insight, compassion are there, the living Buddha is also there. So when you take care, you take refuge in the Sangha, you take refuge at the same time in the Buddha and in the Dharma. And you surrender. You say that there is no longer any separate self. Here is the block of pain, sorrow. I entrust them to the Sangha. And you sit there among us. You allow the collective energy of the Sangha to embrace you. And you get a relief. Later on, when your practice are more solid, you can do it by yourself. And you can help another person to do it too. As a good practitioner, you might like to organize, set up a Sangha in your area so that you can profit from the collective energy and you can offer other people to have a chance to profit from the collective practice of the Sangha. You are a Sangha builder. You are a continuation of the Buddha. Because the thing that the Buddha did right after enlightenment is to go and look for friends to set up a Sangha. And at that time, there was no bus, there's no train, there's no airplane. <laughs> he practiced walking meditation and, and identified members of his Sangha. Fifth and the sixth exercise are to generate a feeling of joy, of happiness. The seventh and the eighth are to take care of your painful feeling and emotions. And that is what we have to learn and to train ourselves right away. When a strong emotion is coming, 
you feel it. And you have to abandon everything you are doing and go home to yourself and prepare for its arrival and you, you, you take care of it. And if you know, you feel that you can take care of it, you are not afraid. The way to handle a strong emotion is, uh, is uh, to put yourself in a stable position and using your in-breath and out-breath in order to make you solid so that the strong emotion cannot uh, blow you away. <clears throat> in a lying position or in a sitting position, you focus your mind on the Dandian uh, point a little bit below your navel, and you follow the rising and falling of your abdomen. Breathing in, you notice the falling and the rising of your abdomen. Breathing out, you notice the falling of your abdomen. You may like to put your fingers on that to feel the rise and the fall of your abdomen. And concentrate 1% on your in-breath and out-breath with the rising and falling of your abdomen. That, that is all. And if you do that, if you focus all your attention on your in-breath and out-breath and the rising and falling of your abdomen, you are able to stop the thinking. It's very important to stop the thinking because the more you think about it, the more you are carried away by the strong emotion. No thinking is the secret. And no thinking can be done by focusing 100% on your in-breath and on your out-breath. Don't be afraid. A strong emotion is impermanent like everything else. Like a storm. If I know how to handle the situation, the storm will go away after some time. And during the time uh, we practice uh, deep breathing like that, we should remember, remember one thing. An emotion is only an emotion. It comes and stays for some time and you have to go. And I am much more than one emotion. Why do I have to die just because of one emotion? I have had emotions before. They have come, stay for some time, and go away. I'm not afraid of it. I know how to handle a strong emotion. So in that sitting position or lying position, you invest all your mind and body into the practice of mindful breathing. And if you do, the strong emotion cannot do anything to you. And uh, you do that until the emotion is gone. And, and you are not afraid that they, they may come back, but you already know how to handle <coughs> strong emotion. Later on, there will be exercises in order to transform deeply 
But here it just to calm down and survive the painful feeling, survive the strong emotions. What I always remind my friends is that don't wait until the strong emotion comes in order to practice. You will forget the practice. So you have to train ourselves today the practice of barely breathing. If you train yourself for a few days, you see that you are capable of breathing in very deeply. Six, seven, eight, nine, even ten or twelve uh, seconds for in-breath, while the abdomen is rising. And uh, when you breathe out, it may last uh, ten, twelve, fifteen, or more. And you just do it with your all being. And if you, you hold it firm, a strong emotion cannot do anything to you. And if uh, we practice a few weeks, and then it becomes a habit. And when a strong emotion comes, you know that you have a way to protect yourself. You remember to practice. And you can teach your child to do because young people, they may got, be got into a strong emotion on, also. There are children who kill other children. There are children who commit suicide. So when your child is, uh, is in a crisis, overwhelmed by a strong feeling, you should help him or her. You say, sit down here with mommy lying down here, take my hand. Shall we try to breathe in? Shall we try to see the rising of our abdomen? I think it's better than to, to teach your child when the strong emotion is not there. And have him, have him making the promise that when there is something strong like that, he should come to you, and you and him or her will practice together. You channel to your child the energy of mindfulness and concentration. Breathe in, my dear. Don't you see that your abdomen is rising, is falling? Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, we, we, are, we are taking good care of ourselves. And uh, I think uh, school teachers can teach uh, that in school also. Parents have to know the practice, master the practice, and teach children. And school teachers should spend time to help their students to do that. And that is why we hope that uh, this kind of applied uh, ethics can be uh, introduced into schools at every level. And it is uh, completely possible uh, to practice it as something non-confessional, uh, non-religious. The practice of mindfulness, calming the body, calming the feelings and the emotions.
and our Dharma teachers have trained groups of school teachers <coughs> in many countries, and many of them have tried to bring that to the classroom and help improve the quality of the classroom, the study, and the, the teaching. And when you teach a young man, a young woman, this practice, you may save his life, her life, later on. And then we move to the domain of uh, mind. And we know that uh, there are 51 mental formations. Feeling is just one of them. So here there are 50. And every time one mental formation arises, we should know how to recognize it. If it is fear, we should be able to call it fear. Hello. There. My little fear. I know you are there. You are my old friend. I will take good care of you. Simple recognition. Embracing your fear with mindfulness. So you are like uh, sitting on the river of uh, mental formations and you are observing the mental formations rising, arising and going away. And if uh, a mental formation continues to stay with you and you may like to, to, to continue to be with that mental formation and help it calm it down, and maybe you can go deeper with uh, a practice to help transform it. So recognizing mental formation, and the next one is to, to cheer up, to gladden uh, your mind. And we have learned that uh, the practice of collective, of uh, selective watering. We have many good seats down there in our store consciousness. And let us give them a good chance to manifest the seat of joy, the seat of understanding, the seat of uh, forgiveness, the seat of um, compassion. And with the practice of mindful breathing, we can touch these wonderful seeds and have them manifest in the upper level of our consciousness as a mental formation. That way, we create joy. We give us ourselves an opportunity for healing, for nourishment, for nourishing, for transformation. And we can also help the other person to do the same. The practice of uh, selective watering. In any kind of uh, relationship, we can introduce this kind of practice. Your partner, your son, your spouse, 
Well, you may like to sign a, a happiness treaty, a practice treaty with him or with her. You have to make a commitment with him or her. You say, darling, I know, I know that you have uh, good seats in you. You have the seat of loving kindness and joy and forgiveness and peace. And it is my intention every day to say something or to do something in order to help this wonderful seat in you to manifest. Because I know doing so, I make you happy. And if you are happy, I profit from your happiness. And I, I believe I have this wholesome seat in me also. So if you really love me and care for me, try every day to say something, uh, to do something to help touching these wonderful seats so that they may manifest. And I'll be happy. And if I'm happy, you don't have to suffer. And darling, I know that I, am, I have also negative seats. I have the seat of jealousy. I have the seat of anger and fear. And you know that every time you say something, you do something, and water this seat, I suffer. And if I suffer, I may make you suffer. So please make the commitment not to water these negative seats in me. I do make the commitment not to to water them in you because every one of us has these negative seeds. So sign a happiness treaty with him or her. Maybe in the presence of uh, friends. And you know that practice can bring results very quickly. More quickly than you may think. One day in this very um, meditation hall, I gave a talk, I gave a talk about selective watering. It was on Vesak Day, the anniversary of the Buddha. And I saw a lady sitting down there, crying all the time during the talk. After I finished the talk, I went to him, to her husband, and I said, my dear friend, your flower needs some watering. <laughs> he knows the practice, but he does not practice. He needs some, a teacher, a dharma brother or sister to remind him. And that is why to be with co-practitioners is very good. So after lunch, on the way back, he drove the car and practiced watering the good seats in her. It took about one hour to arrive in Bogdo. And when they arrived, she was completely transformed, very happy, joyful. And the children were very surprised because when in the morning when they uh, left, she was not like that. <laughs> so it, it may take just half an hour or less in order to transform a person, transform yourself, just by the practice of selective watering. 
it, it is like you have many uh, uh, music uh, compact disc. When some music is not uh, nice, beautiful, uh, you want to stop it. You want to change the CD because you have good, many good uh, pieces of music. Why stay there and allow that lousy music to continue? <laughs> you just push a button. You just, you just replace with a, a, another. So this is the same. When a mental formation which is negative is on, we should not allow it to be on like that for a long time. We should stop it. And there is a non-violent way of stopping it. You invite a good one to come up. And the good one has uh, the tendency, the capacity to replace the other one. You select a good uh, mental formation, invite to come up. And uh, naturally the other will go down. And that is what the Buddha uh, recommended. You have plenty of beautiful things down there in your consciousness. And you may like to, you may choose to make good use of these uh, wonderful seeds in you. And you can help your beloved one to do the same. In a few days, your life and his life may be transformed. This is applied Buddhism, <laughs> not about talking Buddhism. And the last uh, set of fourth exercise is about the object of mind. You take care of your mind and you take care of the object of your mind. And this is the practice of impermanence. This is uh, the practice of uh, meditation on the concentration on impermanence the concentration on non-craving to allow you to see the dangers that exist in the object of your craving. And the third one is uh, to, complete, uh, to, con- to contemplate the ultimate uh, dimension of reality. There is a world of birth and death coming and going, being and non-being. And uh, you usually make uh, use of your discrimination mind in order to deal with it. But there is another world, another world. There is another dimension of reality that lies deeper. 
That is the ultimate dimension of reality. And living in the historical dimension of reality, you recognize the presence of birth and death, being and non-being, here and there, subject and object, matter and mind, which are different opposing things. But if you have mindfulness concentration, you will touch that historical dimension deeper and you discover the other dimension which is free from being and non-being, birth and death. That is the ultimate. And with the ultimate you can no longer use the mind of discrimination. Like in science, the mind of discrimination can be used with classical science represented by Newton. But when you go to quantum physics, when you go to the extremely small, extremely big, when you want to touch the ultimate, you have to use the mind of non-discrimination. The notion of being and non-being should be removed. The notion of time and space as two separate entities should be removed. The notion of uh, matter and mind as to separate reality should be removed. Otherwise, science will have no uh, future. Because if you continue to use your mind discrimination, you find it absurd. Things can be here and there at the same time. This can be that at the same time. That makes you confused. And that is why uh, scientists of our time had to learn to make use of their uh, mind of uh, non-discrimination. When the Buddha discussed about uh, right view, he said right view is a kind of insight that is uh, free from both notion of being and non-being. But that is not philosophy, that is a practice. There is a way to help you to get rid of the notion of being, of, 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 of being. Because as soon, as far as the notion of being is there, the notion of non-being is there at the same time. It is a pair of opposites. So the Buddha proposed uh, the teaching of uh, Pratitya Samuppada, uh, the practice, uh, the, the teaching of um, uh, interdependence, dependent origination, in order to help you get rid of the notion of being. Get away from the notion of being, non-being. And not fall into the trap of non-being. 
to remove non-being and yet not to fall into being, uh, into, into non-being. Because if you fall into non-being, there's annihilation. Non-being means being is there. Because they are a pair of opposite. So the teaching of interbeing is a very skillful way because we still use the word be to be. But in order to help us getting away from from the notion of being. We begin by looking deeply and say that a flower cannot be by herself alone. She has to interbe with all of us, the whole cosmos. So the notion of interbeing is to replace the notion of being and prevent us to f- not to fall into the notion of non-being. Sahabu. Saha means together. Bu means to be there. Mm. If a being is there, non-being should be there also. If matter is there, spirit is there also. But in order to avoid the double grasping, we have to get away from the notion of matter and we get away from the notion of mind also, because mind and matter are a pair of opposite. And the ultimate can only be touched when you are able to remove all these notions. Interbeing or co-being. So there is a kind of skillfulness of using the teaching and the practice to help someone to get out of the notion of being not and and at the same time not to fall into the opposite notion. Because the ultimate is free from both notion being and non being. And also uh, the notion of uh, subject and object. There is a model, there is uh, an image that can help you understand a little bit uh, better the practice of uh, removing the notions of subject and object. If a scientist knows how to get rid of these uh, two notions, he, have a, he, he will have a chance. As far as he believes that there is uh, an object of uh, cognition existing apart from his consciousness, his God. Or as far as he believes that there is a consciousness existing independently from the object of cognition, he still God. So the challenge is that he he should remove the duality of subject and object in order for the reality in itself to reveal itself.
เหมือนเป็นอย่างนี้สมมติว่าด้านข้างซ้ายของสิ่งเขียนคือสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่งที่เป็นสิ่
right in that moment of consciousness, subject and object lean on each other to manifest at the same time. They arise at the same time. They are there at the same time. You cannot say there is a consciousness in me ready to go out in order to search for an object that's, that's a double grasping. But in order to help people to understand, we have uh, to suppose that there are two parts. This is the subject and the object. This is the perceiver, and that is the object that is perceived. They lean on each other to be. In, uh, in Buddhist terminology, uh, we call uh, this kiến uh, phần the subject. The Sanskrit is Dharsana uh, um, Bhaga. Bhaga is uh, one part. And the object is called Tương Phần. Nimitta Bhaga. So what you see as a galaxy, or as the sun, the earth, a tree, is just this part. And if you see it clearly or not, depends on this side. If your mind is overloaded with afflictions, and with obstacles like uh, uh, prejudices. What you see there is a distorted image of reality. <laughs> and your, when your mind is free, free of what? free of uh, prejudices, free of discrimination, free of these notions representing pairs of opposite, is very bright. And the ultimate reveal here, you don't have to go anywhere. And when your subjective mind when your mind, your when the perceiver, perceiver is overloaded with worries, fear, anger, discrimination, and overloaded with uh, views, and then and the ultimate reality cannot be available. And that is why, in order to the ultimate to reveal, you have to remove all. All obstacles. It's like when you bow to the Buddha. In order to get in touch with the real Buddha, you have to remove the idea that the Buddha is one uh, um, one thing, and you are another thing.
you have to see the Buddha having no self, having no separate entity, and you have no no separate entity. You have to see the Buddha being made of non-Buddha elements, and you see that you are made of non-you elements, and therefore you can see you in the Buddha and the Buddha in you. Uh, without that kind of insight, bowing to the Buddha will have no effect. It means you have to remove the notion of self and other, and non-self. So the first thing you see that we cannot take the left out of the right. The left is in the right, and the right is in the left. They co-exist. Uh, they inter are the left is not the opposite of the right. The left is not an enemy of the right. The left is the right. Inter being. I am you and you are me. It's interesting to see that in the gospel, Christian gospel, uh, John, there is a, a sentence like this. There will be one day when you when you will see that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. That is the teaching of interbeing. And you tell that God is not available, Jesus is not available, and you are not available either. The emptiness of a separate entity. But there is a succession of uh, perceivers and a succession of the perceived. Because each moment lasts just in one very tiny portion of a second. So in order to help uh, our teacher propose another part, but let us not be caught by it. The third part, there is a third part. It is called the I think Sva Lakshana is better. And that is the foundation of these two. That is the absolute, the outward truth, manifesting itself into subject and object. It's like the paste that you use to make paper. You have the left and the right, the recto, the verso, and the paper. But you cannot take one out of the two others, right? You cannot say the paper can be independent from the left 
and the left can be dependent of the right and of the of the paste paste. So this may be helpful. This model, this example, the Buddha said, "Don't be caught by an example. You are intelligent." <laughs> So, từ thế phần sva sva lakshana is the ground from which manifest can manifest subject and object. But don't imagine this part exists outside, either of this or of this. So, in the school of Vishnanavada, initiated by Vasubandhu, we have the teaching of the three parts of consciousness. The fundamental part that manifests itself into subject of cognition and object of cognition. And if uh, these ultimate reality or not depends on this, if this is free, and then this reveals itself. And if uh, this is overloaded with uh, afflictions and prejudices and this is only the world of birth and death the world of misery of suffering and the practice consists in improving to purify your mind to purify your mind by removing notions, concepts views including scientific views And that is why the last exercise of contemplation is the practice of contemplating uh, uh, letting go. Letting go here means letting go of your knowledge, letting go of your notions, including notions of subject and object. So uh, we can draw something like this, and we call this uh, this layer uh, the tu the the ground svalakshana. But that risk, that is, there is a risk. We think that this is separate from from this and this. But the sheet of paper is very good because we see that uh, left and right and paper. In the R, you cannot take one out of the two others. And our mode, our way to attain insight is called a pramana. Learn. And there are two kinds of uh, mode of uh, knowledge. There is a hearing room. This is a direct 
perception, direct intuition, free from free from notions, free from uh, uh, reason, reasoning. It's called a pratyaksha. Pratyaksha Brahmana. And this alone can help you to touch the ultimate. And in the school of Vishnu Navada, eyes consciousness, when operating alone, has the capacity to touch the ultimate. In a case, there is no intervention of mind consciousness. Because mind consciousness is always discriminating. You have eyes consciousness, nose consciousness, ear consciousness, tongue consciousness, body consciousness. And these, uh, these consciousness have the power, have the capacity to touch the ultimate when they are not uh, caught by mind consciousness. Mind consciousness is discrimination. With my consciousness, with my consciousness, you locate everything in time and space. You see, this is not that. That is the mind of discrimination. And the other is Tilong. Uh, Samanya Pramana. And this mind of uh, discrimination is only good for the historical dimension, only good for classical science. With the Pratyaksha Pramana Hyanglung, you have access to Svalakshana. And with uh, Samyan, Samanya uh, Pramana, you have only access to Anumana. This is uh, the world of uh, discrimination. This is outside of that. Uh, the right is the opposite of the left. Uh, the subject is not the object. So uh, the practice consists in letting go, removing of these obstacles so that you can touch the lakshana. You have to abandon the world of Anumana Lakshana. It is like in, in science. If you do not know how to release the notions you have learned from classical science, 
you cannot enter into the domain of uh, 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 quantum mechanics and so on. And that is why we need a discussion between scientists and yogi. Uh, we can profit from yogis and profit from the finding of scientists, and scientists can profit from the discipline of a yogi in order to to to, to be able to to make a breakthrough again. The training of the mind is very important. Today we will, uh, we will practice uh, what we have the chance to practice work limitation. And we shall work in such a way that make uh, this into a pure land of the Buddha, a kingdom of paradise, just using our mindfulness, concentration, and insight. Remember, our nature is nature of no birth and no death. And you are not alone. And you carry all your ancestors in you. And you should allow your ancestors to enjoy every step. And the Sangha is there to support you to do that. Every step should be healing, nourishing, joy, and peace. <laughs>